Amen, amen, amen. Welcome to Dominion Sonship Life again. And one more Sunday, one more moment of dominion, one more expression of the reality of Christ within us. And I have a title for this message, Living Stones, Living stones. We are living epistles. We are living stones. We are living streams of divine expression. We are those that are born of the living one, our living God. And so everything about our lives is alive today. Everything about my moment Every single day is alive unto him. And there is to be a mind renewal to recognize what it means to be alive. Not just a mere breathing in and out of air in my natural lungs, which I'm very thankful for because it's sustaining this vessel. So this vessel would express the very life of God that is within me. And so today, I believe, I looked on the church calendar, and I usually don't navigate that particular way, but the Lord really brought it to, to my um, site. It's Shiviot, it's Shiviot, it's the, it's Pentecost, it's on the Hebrew calendar, one of the main feasts right after Passover, and it's Pentecost, it's Pentecost Sunday. And of course, we know that our life really without the Holy Spirit, without the indwelt spirit of the living God, we will be just dead stones. <laughs> There'll be nothing alive about us. So when we're talking about being a living stone unto God, a house that's built up, we are built up into a dwelling, dwelling place for our living God to inhabit the body of Christ. And so by the spirit of the living God that was poured out on the day of Pentecost, a plan and a purpose was established and commenced. And that is the establishment of the church ecclesia on earth, the ruling body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all about dominion. We all about a restoration of that which Jesus bought, but died and paid for to walk out in the fullness of this dominion to subdue all and to in, in, reinstate and, 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 and bring forth to fruition the very kingdom of God, a mighty harvest for his kingdom. And so we're going to go to, and that's what uh, Pentecost, it's about harvesting the first fruits, about harvest. And so let's go to Acts chapter 2 and I'll, I'll just follow the lead of the Holy Spirit keeping in mind the 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 the, the, the title where I'll navigate uh, through and by living stones we are living stones and so chapter 2 book of acts verse 1 when the day of pentecost had fully come there is always a fullness to everything that god does there is always a fullness and in that fullness we understand him and so when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were as one. You have to be as one in order for the one, the living one, to indwell you. To, to demonstrate, maybe it's a better way to say, to demonstrate himself through you. 
that this oneness that they had with one another was a landing pad for the one and only true king, for the one and only Holy Spirit, for the one and only sound as a mighty rushing wind that filled the house. And so today we are about our house being filled to overflowing that we'll know that from this filling of the Holy Ghost, we can now release life to another. And so let's go here. One accord, one place. And suddenly there came. There always comes. This oneness always brings forth the one. When you are in agreement with the brethren through the mind of Christ, you always see a demonstration of the Spirit. You always see a demonstration of the Spirit. It is this oneness in one accord, in one place that, that, that allows the oneness of who He is to demonstrate there's no schism in him, and there ought to be no schism in the body. And suddenly there came a sound, a sound. We want the sound of God. We want a sound of God. But there is, can I say, a prerequisite is this oneness, is the walking. How can two walk together lest they agree? It is this oneness as Jesus had tarry in Jerusalem. Only 10 days they had to wait. When you come in submission to his voice, Terry in Jerusalem, like they did, it creates forth a oneness because his voice is one. And when you and the brethren heed the oneness of his voice, it brings forth a unity, the unity, the unity of the spirit, the bond of peace. This is what the love of God looks like. The love of God looks like one with the one that loves me. The love of God looks like I have so yielded my members to righteousness that only the love of God is being demonstrated through this earthen vessel. That the treasure within, the excellence of the power, it's not of Desi, it's not of the carnal man, but it is of God. It is of God. What does that look like? That looks like a mighty sound from heaven. Not from the carnal utterance of the carnal mind. It is a sound that is, that is from heaven. Mulandi Kita. For there are sounds, sounds coming forth through you and I today. The very sound of the living God. To bring forth freedom to the captives. To bring forth deliverance and a sight to the blind. It is the sound that he wants to sound through all of us. Many members, one body, through us. But it will be of him. Only of him. To him alone. To him alone be the glory. Ooh. 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 To him alone be the glory. And it always sounds like or looks like suddenly. And yet there was a preparation that he prepared them by. They walked with him those three years. They tarried in Jerusalem. 
there was a preparation. Our walk with God is a preparation for him alone to be seen through us. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing, of a rushing, a moving, rushing. There is always a movement in God. Rushing mighty, mighty. That might to be indwelled with his might by the Holy Spirit. Mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as fire. Members individually, right? Divided tongues as fire. And one set upon each of them. And they were all filled. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The first demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit is utterance. It is the teachings of Jesus. It will always be utterance. And somehow we think it's miracles, but it is utterance. Utterance is the sound of the living God. If we go to Ephesians, keep keep your finger here because I just want to look at a couple of verses to, to tie what this looks like in the body of Christ right now. Ephesians... Chapter 4, I believe. So we read, they were, verse chapter 2, Acts 2, 3, there appeared to them divided tongues as fire, and one sat and sat upon each of them. In, In Ephesians 4, 7, but to each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. On all of us, he is. In all of us, he is. And that looks like the giftings of Christ. That looks like a demonstration of Jesus individually and together his body. Together, his body in unity. Um, in um, the Corinthians, if we go towards the Corinthians, I think it's 1 Corinthians is it 11, 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And so we see here, back to Acts, what he said. Then they appeared on them, divided, divided. And uh, I have a little cross-reference here in my Bible that these tongues were divided. And the cross-reference is tongues as of fire distributed and resting on each. Distributed and resting on each. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12, again, the context is living stones, right? For us the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, of that one body. We are members of that one body, not many bodies, one body, being many, being many members, 
are one body, so also is Christ. So also is Christ. Your situation, your situating is in Christ. It's not in the world. The body of Christ walks earth in dominion. Your placement is in his body. It's not in the world. It's not, it's not the, the job site. It is in him. And when you know that many members, one body, so also is Christ. And further on, you say, um, one of the verses I have, that there's no, yeah, in, in, in verse 24 of that same chapter, the tail end, um, actually in 25, that there'd be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Because why? We are one body. The same care, one for that, because we're part of the same body. And so uh, what I'm trying to say is living stones, and I'll go to Peter's writing regarding that. You see the context. You're not alone in this. You're not just haphazardly placed on a job site or workplace. You have been allocated in the body of Christ and where his body, where the mind of God desires the body to go, you're dependent on where you're fitting the body. You go there. That's how you will be placed on a job site, on a workplace, because his body wants presentation of himself there. As Jesus walked earth, Seeing only what he saw the Father do, hearing what the Father do, that's what the body of Christ does. It is only solely moved by the mind of God, by the Father's will. But you see, it's not me independent of another. It's not me my own little ministry, Desi Schneider's ministry. Scrap that. It's the Lord Jesus Christ's body in demonstration. Through each vessel. Each vessel. So there'd be no schism in his body. But he had the same care one for another. And then he, in next verse in 26 says, If one member suffers, all the members suffer. Don't fool yourself. If you hurt your brother and you're hurting yourself. Don't fool yourself. Why would you want to poke your eye by poking someone else's eye? One member suffers, all the members suffer with it, with it, together with the brother. Not only do you make someone hurt, you're causing pain for yourself. Or if one member is honored, if one member is honored, look at that. All the members rejoice. All the members rejoice. If one member is honored, how about you honor a member in the body of Christ today? So all the members rejoice. I'm saying that in, in how the Holy Spirit is building himself a church. A representation of God's dominion on earth. Ecclesia. A ruling body. A body that has a sound that is of heaven. A body that is filled solely by the voice of God. 
A body that is solely moved by the desire of God. And that's why this message is in the context. Even what Larry spoke last week. Lifestyle. Christianity. It's who we are. Christians. We are Christians. We are Christians. We represent. We are of Christ. And as Christ is one body. So are we one body. And then the, the overall, the overall message here in the last little while has been about that word profiting us. That his voice would profit the church, his body. And we've looked at, you know, just over the last little while, so many rest for our soul, um, that we're just like Jesus, uh, resurrection in us and just titles that deal with this mind renewal that we have a part to play in how this sound benefits us. And not just benefits us, it's really to be a benefit to another. But if we halter it in a stony heart of unbelief, a hardened heart, then, then there will be no expression of the Christ nature to another. Then there's a disjoining. That's how schisms happen in the body. And so what did he say here? Back to Acts. I, I have my fingers in Ephesians and 1 Corinthians. I, you can do the same because I might flip around there. That when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, one body. One body, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven. If we go now to 1 Corinthians, back to 1 Corinthians 12, where we were, let's read verse 13. For by one spirit, for by one spirit we were what? All, not just selected few. Not just call those with a special callings of miracles, signs, and wonders. We were all by that one spirit. I like his anointing. I don't like, I don't know what my anointing is, but I like his. I'm just going to go copy that. Oh, that's the ultimate foolishness. It's by one spirit. All of us, look, but what does it say? All of us were what? Baptized into where? Not into a little local ministry. Into one body. Into one body. The baptism of the Holy Spirit that we have undergone through this day of Pentecost as we believe what he has said as we became born again is to be baptized into one body. Not to be baptized, you know, I've heard it, the baptism of fire for the signs and wonders because, you know, I just like to be seen and I want to make an impact on the world. The body knows how to make an impact on the world. Jesus always impacted everyone that he went to. That's not your issue, nor is it your care. But your moment is this, this identification that you are part of the body and this baptism of fire, of rushing mighty wind was to place you in the most glorious structure of God on earth, the body of the living God. The church. 
And God is restoring the name of his church because it is the body of Jesus. God is bringing back honor, honor to those who have not bowed the knee. The church, that is the church. The church is the one that has been baptized by one spirit into one body. Whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, I don't care your background. Even for your own benefit, you don't need to know your background. You are to know yourself in Christ now. In Christ now. No male, no female, Gentile, Greek, slave or bond. Free. Whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free. All, all have, have, all been made to what? Drink into one spirit. Drink into one. I want to get drunk with the Holy Spirit. It's done. You feel through and through by him. All of us, all of us are made for this glory expression of God on earth. But it's through the body, through one body. Not that's me, that one's ministering, that one's ministering, that one. And then you get to sit in these little ministries and some major ministries. And at times you, you, you don't have to sit for too, too long. They start throwing knives into that ministry and that ministry. But he says there ought to be no schism in the body. All of us have drunk of the one spirit. All of us by one spirit have been baptized into one body. And then he said we're to have care one for another. Because if we don't take care of one another, we're not only hurting them, hurting ourselves, hurting the whole body and God is renewing all of our minds I've been caught in it as well God is renewing our minds that this baptism of fire is to be in his body if I just go down and then, then that's why he said you can't say to this one I don't need you or I want to be like you all of that foolishness verse 18 but now God, but now God, we talk about being a living stone, placed, placed individually in a structure for God to dwell in. If the whole, all right, so let's go 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, each one of them in the body, in the body. Just as he pleased. Just as God pleased. Who set you in the body? Not the evangelist so-and-so. Not brother so-and-so or your local pastor. Who assigns the calling on your life? It is God. And it's us God pleases. His desire. His will. You know, we cry and we, we, we cry out to God and we sing wonderful songs. Uh, not my will, but thy will be done. And then you say, okay, but my pastor said I got to do this. I got to take the little questionnaire to see where exactly I fit in ministry. To determine what kind of gifts I have. How about we come back to that cornerstone? the Lord Jesus Christ and inquire of him. What was his pleasure in his assignment for our life? Because as he pleased, he has placed us in his body. Verse 19, and if they were all 
one member, where would the body be? Meaning there's many members, but God has placed them in oneness. Verse 20, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. Um, verse 27, now you are, now you are the body of Christ. This is, this is who we are. I'm part of the body of Christ and members individually. And look, God has appointed, God has assigned these assignments. God has made this placement and God has appointed these in the church, first apostle, second prophets, third teacher, after miracles and gifts of healings. And he goes through, he goes through the list of his divine appointments, of his divine appointments. Um, in Ephesians, if we go back to Ephesians where we were, Ephesians 4, 11, this is about God purposing us, right? God appointing. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying, for what? The edifying of the body of Christ. This is exactly what we read in 1 Corinthians 12 about caring for one another. That the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. Or if one member is honorable, all the members rejoice with it. This is the edification of the body. This is what love looks like. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect, that's tell us, mature, a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ to know that you're part of the body of God. Part of the body of Christ. The wish, but you see, this knowledge equips you this knowledge edifies you, builds you up. So what? We're coming into verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed about to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. False wind. Wrong wind. There's also sounding to this wind. The wind of false doctrine. But we're not baptized with that in the body of Christ. By one spirit, we're what? Made to drink. Baptized into one body. The book of Acts, what we read. The mighty rushing wind filled the whole house where they were sitting. Even that place sitting, place of rest. <laughs> sit down, just sit down. Take your little seat, sit down. Trust God. We sit down and we hear him today. It is the, every wind of doctrine, there's deception. By the trickery of men, I've read that. I'm like, my dear, some would actually purposefully trick. By the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. 
of people getting in a room and plotting to ensnare the babes in Christ. But what has God placed? God has appointed. God has appointed. It's a fivefold ministry. He's placed us in His body to be edified, to be protected from these false doctrines. And how often we've not experienced edification, but God is bringing, God is bringing a rightful order in his house so that verse 15 speaking the truth in love we may grow up in all things into him to grow up into him not into ministry to grow up into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body the whole body Joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, by what every living stone supplies, according to the effective working, the effective working, this is the working of the Spirit, the effective working by which every part does its share, causes grow, growth, causes growth of the body, for the edifying of itself in love. There's so much in this verse. So through this effective working, and when we break that, those words we are seeing, and orgio, it's the working of the Holy Spirit. That working is referring, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. By the effective working, by which every part, because we've been baptized by one Spirit, He has indwelled us now, and He's effectively working out this purpose that God has pleased to place us in His body with a divine purpose, with a divine part, that we are a distinct joint to another joint firmly linked together one unto another, caring for one another, lest there be schism in the body, edifying one another, and this effective working that every part does, when every part does its share, it causes, it's to cause one thing, the growth of the body. But look at that, when the body grows, there is edification of itself in love. Let's focus on the latter part. To the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth. So the working of the Holy Spirit, well, yeah, because we baptize into the one body. By the Spirit. All that the Holy Spirit sees is Jesus. All that the Holy Spirit is about is Jesus. That's what Jesus said. I'm going to give you another comforter, Alos. Different, but of the same kind, just as I am. But can I say unlimited? The Holy Spirit, the comforter, the advocate. Just as I am an advocate before my heavenly Father, so is the Holy Spirit an advocate to you before me. Disclosing the teachings of Jesus. Because this is how the edification and the growth of the body happens. 
And when that happens, we are recognizing the love of God. We're being edified in the love of God. Let's go to Peter now. First Peter. Two. There's a lot more. I just want to move to the Living Stones reference before I spend more time in Ephesians and 1 Corinthians. First Peter chapter 2. I can read the entire chapter. But let's let's just... Um, I have to start from the very beginning of that chapter. Um, and it comes right after Peter saying that we... That we um, have purified our souls by, if we go to 122, 122. Right before that, that we have been purchased with the precious blood of Christ. And, um, okay, let's move on before I get to, 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 into it. Verse 22, since you have been purified, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Holy Spirit goes back through the Holy Spirit. Obedience of faith is always through the Holy Spirit. You of your outer man can do absolutely nothing to obey the Word of God. Actually, carnal man is an enemy to the Word of God, to the Spirit of the Lord. So unless you renew your mind to be able to yield to your new nature, you will always be struggling in life, wanting to do the commandments <laughs> and thus releasing death versus the life of the word of God that produces life. And so we obey the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren. You see again, the care one for another. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse 23, having been born again. We're talking about this message for the born again. This message is for the born again. Having been born again, because only those are part of the body of Christ. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God that abides forever. And so from here now, therefore, starts chapter 2. Laying aside, because we are born again. Because we are now through the Holy Spirit obeying the truth in sincere love towards the brethren. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy. In all evil speaking, as newborn babes, how? Desire, desire the pure milk. Desire. It means that we can cultivate a desire for the pure milk of the word, that you may grow. It's all about growth. It's all about waiting till Jesus comes. I just know a few verses now. I moved through a few churches now. I've reached, the, I've reached the best. I'm in the best church now. Okay, Jesus, you can come now. I stop those big, big, big sins. Uh, maybe I do a little bit of lying, a little bit of envy, but you know, your grace takes care of that. No. He said, lay that aside. All malice and desire. So either you have desire for malice or you have a desire for the pure milk of the word of God and you make that choice. The way we made a choice to go to the bars at night, we made a choice. We're making a choice now to pick up the word of God. Because we want to grow up, if indeed you've 
tasted that the Lord is gracious. And we have, so here, verse 4, coming to him. But the context is very important because we've become so uh, segmented in how we read the word. And so I wanted to put the context of, of, of being part of the body of Christ, members individually. And so now I'm zooming in into members individually, living stones. Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen, again, appointed by God, but chosen by God, chosen by God to what? To be conformed to the image of Jesus. Chosen by God to what? To be part of the body of Christ. And precious, you also as living stones are being built up. There's a purpose to me being a living stone. And there's a purpose to me desiring the word of God. So I'll be built up and grow up. And when I'm built up, I'm building up this house for God. It's not about me, me, me. It's not about me, my name. No, it's about the name of the body of Christ. He also is living stones are being built up. A spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ in Hebrews, if you just, just, just a few pages in Hebrews 3, I believe. I, I read this a lot. So we said we're being built up a spiritual house, right? The tail end of, of chapter 3, Hebrews verse 6. Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are if, whose house we are if, we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. This hope comes from the pure milk of the word of God. It is living hope. Whose house we are if we continue to the end in this rejoicing, in this confidence in the word of God. Growing thereby. Growth is required, by the way. It's actually mandated. That's why the Holy Spirit was given to us. Not for the goosebumps. Sorry to say that. It's to mortify your flesh. And so, because we're acceptable, we are to offer back to First Peter 2, the tail end of 5, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And that reads exactly like Romans 12, right? Romans 12, that we are to do what? Like we just read, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. We see the same context right here. Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, in the body of Christ, through Jesus Christ, not through Desi, 
Desi's body is reckoned dead. It's on the altar. It's on the cross crucified. That's what makes me acceptable in the sight of God. It's a new creation, man. And then he ties it to the renewing of the mind by not being conformed to the world. You're being conformed to the world, you're not acceptable to God. Nor can you offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so then he talks about Christ, the stone, the, cor- the chief cornerstone that he laid in Zion, that those who believe with him, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Verse 7, therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become a chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Look how they stumble and why they stumble. They stumble being disobedient to the word. To the word. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. What? We see the same word, appointed. I thought God appointed me in the body of Christ. Yeah. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? He is the word. You have been appointed to the word. You have been appointed to the word. And if you miss your appointment, your daily appointment with the word, you're missing your appointment, buddy. And then we're stumbling, found disobedient. But how do we even know we're stumbling and disobedient if we're not making this moment of submission to the word of God, of making a desire towards his word? I desire you, Jesus. I desire you, Holy Spirit. How little do we ever say, I desire your word, Jesus, outside of an experience of hearing an audible voice. This word is a sword to my flesh and fleshy stony heart of the old man. I am a new creation, and this new creation is fed by the bread of the word of God, and I am appointed to submit to the bread of the word of God, lest I perish, lest I go by the way of the of those the disobedient ones in Israel that were scattered in the wilderness. There is a wilderness of wrong wind doctrines out there. Don't be tossed to and fro by evil, wicked plottings. How to grow a local church. How to keep your little members together. How to plug them into so-and-so ministry. And yes, we're to encourage one another. Of course, we're to encourage one another. How about we come back to our first appointment? To the word. An understanding of a placement in the body of Christ that fills all in all. Fills all in all. Let's go back to Ephesians. And I got a few more, but as the Lord leads, maybe next Sunday I'll continue. Ephesians, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. You know, in chapter 1, Ephesians 21, that Jesus was raised. 
But we know with his rising, we were raised. He was raised from the dead and seated. This is verse 20. And was seated at the right hand in the heavenly places far above. Far above. Where is his body? On earth. But it's far above every power. Every principality and power and might and dominion. This is the ecclesia. Far above. We're the far above ones. <laughs> We're the far above ones. Might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, feet and gave him to be what? He's the head in heaven, the body on earth. Gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The fullness of him who fills all in all. Um, that's Ephesians. Ephesians came to me first. Sorry, Colossians. I'm sorry, Colossians. Colossians 2, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Colossians 2. Mm. Uh, uh, let's see. Okay, let's do four because it talks about uh, deception again. Now this I say lest... Um, now this I say lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. Persuasive words. These words are persuasive. They're made to be believed. Oh, he's got some good words. They're really believable. Yeah, persuasive words. Deception always comes through persuasive words. For though I'm absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Uh, good order and steadfastness of our faith in Christ. Our faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, as you've received him through this new birth, as you've received him, so walk in him. Be in his body. Walk in him. Rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in him. Standing on that solid foundation. Being doers of that which you're standing on. You're standing on the words. And you're now a doer of that which you stand on. Well, that's where the roots, what they, what the roots take from is who you become. Meaning the nutrients, they fertilize you. They, 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 they feed you. They, 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 they bring about the life of that planting. And we recognize we're members, individuals. So I'll look a little different from the planting next to me. But all of us are a wonderful garden to God. A planting of God. But it's in Him. Written, built up in Him and established in the faith. You see, me being rooted and built up in Him is also an establishment in the faith. As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of man. This is how we've always done it. 
According to the basic principles of the world, this is how the world does it. So, you know, the world has some uh, marketing success, so we need some marketing success as well. So the world does it this way. So let's just bring some marketing situations here too, because, you know, we want to grow the ball. I mean, we can put labels. But it's not according to Christ. It's not according to Christ. Which means it's not according to life. And if you're a life-giving spirit, if you're after the heavenly man, the Lord Jesus Christ, then you got to do it out of life. Nothing in the world, actually the Bible says, through the cross that was crucified to me and I to the cross. I am what? Placed in the body of Christ that is here on earth for dominion. I am to show the way. So the falseness comes through the basic principles of the world, not according to Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him, what? Dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. And we know that we have been baptized into one body. And where is that verse? Where is that verse? Um, first Corinthians that I have flashing in front of me. Well, yeah, I mean, 1 Corinthians, we just read it 12, 13, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. But I believe in Ephesians 4, in Ephesians 4, we finish with this one, Ephesians 4. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, let's do the first six verses. How about that? And we, we, we'll be done. Actually, we don't want to ever be done. It's living stones we're talking about. Life is eternal forever. Life is never done, never finished, never comes to an end. The word of God abides forever and we're born out of that eternal word of God. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, look at his identification. The prisoner of the Lord, meaning I don't have a choice in what I do. Beseech you, I don't have freedom outside of the freedom he has given me. What does Galatians? He tells Galatians, this is Paul. So Galatians says, you know, stand fast in the liberty by which Christ has set you free. Beseech you to walk, he, I, Paul says, I beseech you to walk according to the calling with which you were called to be part of this glorious body with all lawliness and gentleness. It's the tender care, right? With long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep, endeavoring to keep the unity, the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. No schisms in the body. Verse 4, there is one body and one Spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all and in you all. 
and in you all. Well, that's what we read, right? That, that he, the Father, we just read, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Colossians 2. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. <laughs> Woo-hoo.